Hi, I'm Liz. And I'm Marie, and this is My Kit, a podcast sponsored by MetroStart, where we take a deep dive into UX design, trending design projects and topics, and chat with our friends in the field. Let's get started. Cool. So today, Marie and I have a little bit of a flashback to some of our original episodes with just being the two of us. So one, I'm super excited for that. And two, I'm super excited. Um, our topic today is uh, driving your career forward and dissecting what the work of a government contractor looks like. So yeah, let's dive in. So uh, let's get started. So um, do you want to go first and talk about how you landed in government contracting? Sure. Um, yeah, so I landed in, um, I think in season one, we talked about where we started too in one of the first episodes. Um, I was applying to two different jobs. One was a commercial base, one was a government contractor, and I ended up in the government contracting, uh, taking off ugh, taking that offer, mostly because in my job interview, they said the phrase uh, being voluntold for stuff. So as someone new out of school, that was exciting to me uh, because that meant that there was room for growth with that company. Um, and so ever since then, um, I had a really great experience uh, with that company. Um, but yeah, ever since then, I've, kind of, I've looked for places where the swim lanes were not so defined and that there is a like, you can just tell with how it's presented or when you, know, you talk with other people from that company, you know, is it super strict, super defined? And that works for some people. For me, I like the gray, swishy creative area and defining it. Yeah, I, that, oh man, you should have gone second. That's so much, <laughs> that's <laughs> a great like segue into, um, yeah, I totally feel that with the sort of the, like the loosey-goosiness of it because you can grow. And I think mm-hmm. that that's something that, you know, especially like now that I'm like a little bit more into my career that like excites me and doesn't scare me. Cause I think, you know, when you're new into your career, maybe being a little more streamlined is like, that just helps you get like learning into like the business world of like any, any job. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, like, I feel that with the loosey goosey-ness of it and the, the swim lanes are kind of blurred, like you said. So yeah, it allows for you. We always say that phrase, like choose your own adventure. So, but yeah, how about, how did you transition into MetroStar? Yeah, so I think that, uh, like, some people, um, you know, I, I was in various different um, areas. I first did, uh, I worked for nonprofit, then I did uh, commercial, then I did government contracting, then I went to higher ed, and then I went back to government contracting. And I think that, I've actually been really happy where I landed at MetroStar with government contracting. Uh, I think that in some ways, um, you know, government contracting, there are a lot of different opportunities, especially in the DC area. And I think like now across the country, especially with being Mm -hmm. remote there, you can be, you don't have to be DC based to be a government contractor, but I think um, being in DC, that's just like a very popular field. And so there are a lot of different companies that offer government contracting. I think what was special about MetroStar was the growth opportunity that we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. There is in every job description that comes out of MetroStar, it's, you know, you have your, your basic qualifications. Like if you're a developer, you probably obviously need to know how to code whatever you're supposed to be coding or like something like that. But then there's also this um, room for, you know, you can 
like let's say you are a coder but then you want to go into like more business analyst stuff or you you want to kind of see what the other side does there's room for interpretation of each job and there's also a lot of um like at least like with our company we have our individual career plan so we can do our icdps and and kind of if you don't like for instance like i know that i'm not a coder but if i wanted to take a coding class I could use my funds to, to, to learn and, and try something new. So I think that was just like exactly what you're saying. Very exciting to kind of be in something that was, be in a company that valued growth, even if it was a little bit outside of what your, you know, quote unquote job description was. Yeah. And I will um, like piggyback on top of that. Um, so my first government, government contracting job, it was um, internal for that government contractor. So what I, what I was looking for when I switched um, was to have the variety of projects that's offered. So not only in maybe what you're doing skill-wise specifically, if you want to, you know, switch around. Um, I was also looking for the variety of experiences, you know, kind of knocking out what I do as a designer, like over and over again, and like really getting good at that craft and starting from the scratch with the client and the problem, um, right? You have that team building with your team, your client, um, with figuring out the user problems and the that industry that you're in specifically with that project. So that was also really interesting to me to join Metro Star. Yeah, I think that's a really great point. Uh, I found that I think in in sometimes government contracting you kind of get stuck in your project some like not in a bad way, but just you know, a lot of times you're brought into a company a government contracting company to for a specific project. And then, you know, you hone your craft of that project. And then, you know, you don't really, sometimes there's not movement, like there's not opportunity to move to a different project. And I think that we've been very lucky in two ways to one, be able to move projects, but also to be able to move within our current project. So you don't feel stale. Cause I think a lot of times that when people feel stale or like they're not growing within their role, then that leads to like, you know, you don't have, you have a lower retention rate, but then with sort of our projects and Metrostar, we've been able to basically be like, okay, this is where I am right now. This is where I want to go. And like kind of building those, like those steps where you are in your project to either grow in the project to like, you know, level up or to like, you've kind of like leveled up and you've gotten the skill set in your current project to then like migrate over into a new project. So I think that's also been something that like is cool about much of but then also like I personally just like went through it. So like, <laughs> you know, I like really appreciate that I've had the opportunities that I've had uh, with switching projects within within a company. Um, it's been it, it's been a wild ride. That <laughs> appreciative that I've had. Do you want to give any tips for going through that ride? Like you you were sharing, you've just done it, so. Yeah. Every well, for everyone to know, Liz and I are no longer on the same projects. Yeah, it's sad. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that. So I guess like some of my tips would be um, one. We kind of talked about this with Bree. Like I feel like mentorship is so important. I feel like I would not be where I am with this new project if I didn't have like our like I guess like. I'm sad to say my previous boss at Metrostock, um, like she really like, like she really took the time to like learn where I wanted to go. 
And then was like, okay, so you want to, you, I wanted to be a project manager. She, so she was like, you need to build these skills. And then it wasn't like, all right, like figure out how to do X, Y, Z, like see you later, like ne- your next review. It was, here's where I think you, like, here's where you are. Here's the skills you need to build. Here's how we can get you there. And it was like through a series of, I took training classes for the PMP to do that. Um, and then I also like got like real world experience on the project with like a safe environment. Like it wasn't like here, like go, go do this. And like, you know, you're, you're like fed to the wolves. It was like a very like safe environment to kind of like, I could explore. And if I messed up, I like was in a safe environment or if I had questions, it wasn't like, you know, you're not like dumb for asking a question. So I think like mentorship is so important. And then I think also like having like support, like I know, like I talked to you a lot about, like, I knew I was going to switch projects. I knew like, I had like various opportunities and I was like, I felt very comfortable in our project. Like I loved everyone worked with. I loved like my bosses. I loved like the upper levels. Um, but it was also, you know, like a good time for a change. The opportunity presented itself to become a project manager. So I think not being afraid to like sort of fly uh, even though like, I'm still like, I feel like I'm still like flying and like, I don't really like, I, um, I think that that's been something that's been an opportunity to, like, you just have to like go with it and like not be afraid. And if you are afraid, know that, you know, your company is going to have your back. Like if I have questions, I have no qualms going back to my, my old boss, or I have no qualms going to my new boss and being like, Hey, like, I don't know what this means. Or I'm like learning, um, like I just went to a, a military contract and, you know, never in a million years would I ever thought that I would be on a military contract, but here I am and I'm learning different language. I'm learning like different protocols and it's been really great. And it's also been really great to know that if something, if like I'm not understanding something or if I need like a little bit of help with language or like protocols or whatever, um, it's okay to ask questions. I guess the, those two tips would be to like know where you want to go and then work to figure out, like work with your current environment to figure out how you can get the skill set to get there. Nice. I will echo on a tip of what not to do, um, which if our manager listens to this episode, she will remember my great growing experience with her. Um, that's great. If you're not happy on the project that you're at, you just, you have to communicate no matter how uncomfortable it might make you. Um, you have to start talking about it instead of going uh, like quote unquote around someone's back to try and get off of a project and onto something else. Um, so definitely that is my tip that no matter how uncomfortable you are, um, there's lots of ways to figure out how to phrase things um, that you can Google for advice or figure out like if you're not comfortable verbally saying it, maybe like sending an email that's like, you know, explaining like, hey, I don't know how to phrase this exactly. Like it's not personal, but this isn't working out Um, rather than, you know, just not addressing the issue. Yeah, I, I think that's a great tip. I too have fallen into that, that, that trap at a previous company. Um, And I think now like looking back, I'm like, I think I would have handled the, the situation very differently to figure out how to move to a different project mm-hmm. in a much more like blunt way. Um, so yeah, I think that is a, a very, very good tip that 
my younger self too would have (laughs) (laughs) greatly benefited from. Uh, yeah. And then, um, so you've been on a couple different projects here at Metro star. Did, did you ever use the internal job board or how did you learn about different opportunities? What, like what internal business networking, do you have any suggestions on that or anything like that? Um, so I don't, when I was looking or not when I was looking, but when I switched from projects, it was mostly, it was the end of a contract. And so when you see kind of that finish line coming up, started having conversations about like, Hey, like this was great. Or, you know, either the contract didn't renew, or if it was, it was just like, Hey, this was really great, great experience. Can I go do this again on a, with a different project? Is there an opening? Um, and then, so I really had um, those in the uh, project management roles, uh, looking out and seeing what was coming up next. And then for, We've been on that. Well, we now it's just me now holding it down <laughs> without you. Um, for I think it, now it's like going on four years, right? Because we're in yeah. two. So yeah, you're three and a half years on that project. Yeah. Um, and so that's been really I have enjoyed that project because that contract has just changed and evolved every time that we've had a new one. Um, so that has been exciting. And like you said, uh, you work towards your skills to be um, a project manager. And then, so I've worked on my skills of becoming the, a design team manager and now also working on being a PO. So within my contract, I haven't had to switch over to a new project, which has, you know, there's pros and cons to everything. I enjoy that our project has changed and that there's been room for me now to grow into as a product owner um because I always kept thinking about our projects like do I really do like do I actually really want to go and explore what this role is and join a new team and a new client or like am I kind of good like I really enjoy our team and I enjoy the challenges of our projects um so yeah we have like two different pieces of the pie. Yeah, that, yeah, that's so true. I think it, you know, with any, with any new job, like even like, it's like, I'm very comfortable with like where I'm at, uh, like Metro star, but then like learning a new, like, you know, when you switch jobs, like it's learning a new contract, Mm -hmm. it's learning a new team. It's learning all the stuff that, you know, you spent the last like, like three and a half years learning. So I'm sort of in that, that phase right now. And I, I feel like I've been like, just like intaking information and I'm like trying to like piece it all together. But on the other hand, I'm like, this is cool. Like I, I can see the, like the skills that I learned on our project and like, really, like, you know, like from like working with you and our manager and our, like our awesome team, um, I can apply those same skill sets and like those same like confidences that I learned mm-hmm. to the new project. So I think that like there's just like so many ways that you can sort of like you said like there are pros and cons to everything and I think that we've been very lucky that we've had pros and like we've had the ability to choose between pros and cons and had like be able to weigh like Mm -hmm. which way we wanted our career to kind of like twist and turn and and wind around so yeah I think that's been we've been lucky and um so making a little bit more broad for um like not just like our work specifically with Metro Star, but um, government contracting. 
as a whole, what do you think are like your pros and your pros of, what, of working for government contractors? Yeah, well, I do. I want to take one quick step back. Oh, yeah, I think, so, no, you're good. I think it's really important to mention because I was thinking about this, especially within government um, and knowing that I am a female and oh. like, there's, there's things all around, um, not just like with gender, but I do just want to address and acknowledge that I have been very fortunate, um, even from my very first job. I mean, I had a VP was looking out for me when I was went through my first ever leadership change within a company and was like, oh gosh, like everyone else was leading and finding new jobs and like to each their own. I mean, very fortunate to have someone at a VP level for, I think it was like maybe just my first year of working, um, really had my back, um, left one of the like, nicest voicemails I've ever had and I still have it saved um just because for a while it was really nice to know like someone really believed in me before I even really knew what was going on and I didn't get caught and you know all the other you know there's always politics wherever you are um but yeah so really fortunate to have had that experience and then also um being able to make choices because I had financial security or like you know I had um I had different securities that maybe not everyone else has. So I think that I don't want to like make this misleading. They're like, Oh, it's always like rainbows and flowers. <laughs> um, these are unique perspectives from our, our lives. Um, and then I understand not for everyone you're able to, and even like we keep talking about that communicating part, maybe you have somewhere where you can't communicate, but it's you can try and find something. Yeah, your uh, your tip about like that is saying like to my my younger self. Mm-hmm. I think you're 100 percent right. It it's hard, and I and I, I um I think you said it very well. We've had a lot of privilege and a lot of luck um with where we've gotten to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, yeah, I, I'll just leave it with what you said. I think that was very well said. <laughs> so it's really coming out of we've been really focused on diversity. Um, and inclusion, so I definitely just want to address, I have had a privileged experience through it all, um, but that's not like definitely in support of sharing our knowledge and maybe something, a tidbit can help. Um, but yeah, so the pros and cons of government contracting, um, this is another one with actually being just by luck, like with the furloughed, right? Because a huge con is, right, you can just, your contract's up and it's just up and you were in the waters and stuff. Um, so when we had the the whole government furloughed stuff, I know MetroStar as a company did a lot to protect um, its people who were on contracts that weren't in the budget yet and stuff. And I know there was a lot of work done for that. So we didn't have to lay off anyone, but for us, um, our project was already considered in the budget. So um, right, that's a con if you've ever been on that side of the story. Um, and then I think pros are, this is so silly, maybe kind of shallow, um, but all the federal holidays, I think of that <laughs> is um, very much a pro. And I was just going to be very real about that. It is, um, you know, it's nice to have. And then I want you to take another pro. You probably have something more deep and insightful. Oh, no. I, I <laughs> I think um, 
I think you touched on it a little bit with one of the cons is I I want to preface I do not feel like this at Metro Star with um I've been very like I've been very happy with my experience at Metro Star I've been at another contractor government contracting agency which I was not as happy with um and I think that really like shaped my like fear of like being in this environment and like I did not have the opportunity to have a conversation I didn't have, have like those things that you're touching upon and so when I came to Metro Star after me I then worked in higher education which is like a totally like different ball game and it's like very very different um but coming back to Metro Star like it really like it was like such a great environment so I think maybe like a pro slash a tip is to um do your research on the different contractors that you're working for I mean any and and regardless of what type of job or industry you're in do your research on the company uh, to see what their vibe is but like Metro Star is like very into like um diversity and inclusion and equity and like I feel like those like they're like there's so many values at Metro Star that like I truly appreciate because they like mimic like my life values so I think that um a pro is finding a company that that shares your values and there are a lot of different projects there are a lot of cool projects that that um government contractors are working on I mean they're doing stuff with like the stuff that gives back so much and I know that it can be a lot of people think like oh like you're just like you know you're doing a military contract or you're doing something that like you know you know, does it really affect people? But I think there are tons of projects that, you know, we at Metro Star are doing that really like that help real life people. And it's not just like we're like the company in like the sky that's just like not not touching real lives. And so I think that they're like a huge pro is that you can make an impact. You can make an impact to individuals and to families. So I think that's a great pro. Uh, to your comment with the it's I think many companies can be very like family friendly, like Metro Star is super family friendly. Like, and like, I literally just also had a baby. So like, <laughs> Metro Star has been like super great about that. And like, I've been able to kind of like working with my supervisors and the client, like kind of more like a schedule so I can do like pickups and stuff or like, you know, there are a lot of pediatrician appointments that first year <laughs> that I'm learning. So like, things things like that I think like a pro is that it, it is really it, it can be project specific and company specific family friendly and like great for for women um mm-hmm. so I think that's been something that's been um like a really like pleasant surprise uh with it because I think it gets a bad rap sometimes and again do your research on your company uh yeah and and like I said the um yeah, I already went over the, like one of the cons, you know, like you have to, I think one thing that is scary about government contracting is like co- contracts do end. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to like be really, you have to be like, kind of flexible, like nimble to like roll on to a new project. And I think that that like sometimes that can come off as a negative, but if you're growing towards something and like you are working with your company or working with, you know, your, like your growth plan of like where you want to mm-hmm. go, I think that that can also offer a lot of opportunity even though in the, in the middle of it, like it is scary to be like jump shift from like something, you know, to like a whole new team project. But I think the, the opportunities are there to try new things and new skill sets and new team members. So I think that's also like a cool thing about it. Yeah. I think that's a great 
way to um, reframe the right contracts end and like you might be like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do next? To reframe it that if you have like your growth plan that you are talking with your supervisors uh, and as well as like just talking with anyone in the company, right? Like you kind of have to network within your company. Like they always say like, go network outside of your company. Um, I think within a government consulting firm such as MetroStar, it's really good to also just know folks on other projects. You might talk to them like once every three months or whatever, but just, you know, just being a little social during your 40 hours of work not only makes it super fun when you like see people in the office, you like say, oh, hey, what's up? Like, I actually know you and it's not like that person walking on the street that you see every time you both cross paths at 5 p.m. Um, you know, they're going somewhere, you're going somewhere on a routine. Uh, but just getting to know people and I think that'll make the whole, the projects coming to an end be more like, opportunistic because you're like, oh, one's coming to the end, but then I get to go do another one. because so I've been talking to other people. Um, we now have that internal job board so you can even actively go look and see what roles are available and start to discuss it. Yeah, and uh, I, I, you um, hit upon something I wanna bring up that was a really good point with being social outside of your project. And it is easy to get siloed on a project. It, I think it's just like, it can naturally happen very easily. But um, one thing, we have talked a little bit about this previously, but um, with communities of practice. So like, if you're like, some, you know, I think like one, if you like, with um, thing, a lot of things being virtual or people are remote, join a community of practice, even if it's not in your, um, like your, like day-to-day daily jobs, I think it offers mm-hmm. so much. Like we join, um, and you encouraged me to join this one, the the Scrum one. Mm-hmm. So like, yes, like I do project management and my Scrum master, no, do I have like a little bit of like, have I dabbled in it a little bit? Yeah, like I have some background, but like joining those where you learn from like real experts within the company of like their specific field then like other people are like you on the call that like it might not be in like their particular job descriptions either mm-hmm. but then like you get you know depending upon how the um like the meeting is or how it's set up you get like placed on teams with people then then it's like natural like you like oh like you're on this project I'm on this project and like you kind of form those connections mm-hmm. but yeah I think that's a great like awesome tip that you should be networking within your company because like it it's, it's hard. Like it's hard to meet people outside of your project because you don't, mm-hmm. you don't work with them on a day to day. But I think that at least like Metro Star offers opportunities that are like these meetings that you can like meet people and like, you know, so you're not so like you have a common interest of being there. So you're not like the awkward turtle. <laughs> like, it's so funny that you just said with being awkward, I was like, great. Cause on a project, you're like forced to go through those awkward phases of not knowing your project teammates. And then, you know, you had meetings you're with them for so many weeks you get over it but right like networking is not my jam I am not a full-on extrovert I'm great if like I know the crowd or at least like more than 50 percent it's cool but right you you have to like just keep putting yourself out there keep getting through that awkward like okay I got through like oh hey how's the day okay cool maybe next time we see you like I'll have more to say but I think the community is a practice like you were saying, it's good because there's a common interest there. So like you were like, at least like we can get in and nerd out about Scrum right now. Um, 
and not like, oh, no, they're out of topic. I don't know if anyone else is interested in learning out about it, but me. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Like, like I remember um, I, I joined Metro Star in like June of 2019. And uh, this is before the pandemic. So we had like the, the um, like Metro Star picnic was in like, mm-hmm like July or August it was like very like soon after I joined and I I like didn't know anyone like I only knew like a, people on our project and like but like not a lot of people you know like I just didn't really like know many people and like to your point like you just gotta like put yourself out there and I like distinctly remember um so Metrostar has like a back patio where a bunch of tables were at and like they did like a tent so it's like they like barbecue thing and so, like, I sat at, like, one of the tables, like, Aaron, my wife, Aaron, and I sat at, like, one of the tables in the back, and then Ali comes up giving raffle tickets, and, like, I, like, just joined this company, I was, like, that's the CEO, like, look, <laughs> I was, like, so, yeah, you just have to, like, go through that, like, discomfort, and, like, just, like, get through it, and, you know, it's, you know, it, it's okay to be a little nervous, and, yeah. For sure, you're a braver soul than me. I did not go to the first one. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think uh, uh, I was new, so I was like, I'm gonna, <laughs> you know, I kind of do. What else could happen? Yeah. Push through. <laughs> and then, yeah, and of course, it's like awkward for the CEO, so that worked out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, you know, uh, so let's talk about when you leave a project, how you stay friends and close to the people that you've been on the project with. Yeah. How are we doing it, Liz? Uh, I would say, I w- so I'll say that I think I could be better about tech, like IMing more. I, I got a, one of the things I'm working on is I got like a, um, a new laptop, like my project laptop. So I'm figuring out how to sync the two so I can be a little bit more, like I got to like, not like sync them like data-wise, but like my, like my MetroStar laptop on one side of my desk and then my other one on my other side. So I got to work on my like setup a little bit. Um, but I think, yeah, texting, IMing during the day. Um, I actually just sent our, our well, like my previous boss, um, or I don't want to say like our old manager because I guess it's like my old manager, which is sad. Um, but I just sent her an email being like, just like a quick hi. So I think that's something we can do. Uh, and then mock it, of course. So I think that's like been amazing. Uh, what about you? Yeah, well, I agree. I think um, with having projects outside of just your project, so we have mock it that we do. So that keeps us, we have a group chat uh, with you and you, me, and the rest of the mock it crew. Um, so that's really fun. And we have lots of memes go on in there um, and ideas sharing and just conversations. But also, um, if the company, has other event planning going on. Um, like I'm helping out with the women's um, equity, equity day panel planning. That is a tongue twister. <laughs> so that's good. And I know uh, previously, like we did a lot of stuff on a previous uh, women's day panel. Um, so being involved in those kinds of things, right? You and I get to continue to chat and then also continuing to meet other folks within Metro Star, right? like I volunteer uh, for a role that I have absolutely no idea quite what I'm doing in it, but I was like, great, this is a good risk to take. Um, I'm just gonna learn more from it. Uh, I've definitely been uncomfortable in it already, but <laughs> getting through it, 
Um, and then, like you said, like texting, I think you should give yourself a little bit more of a break with having a new baby and a new job and figuring it all out. Um, like I know I was, I texted you randomly last night. I don't expect you to text me when I'm texting you at like 8 p.m. You got an infant that's like on a schedule, then you're probably ready to go to bed too. Um, oh, well, yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> I did. Yeah, no, it's, um, thanks for saying that. I'm, I, like one month in, I'm like, okay, like by next month, I'm going to be a little more smooth on, on operating with, with multiple laptops and networks and stuff. Right. For sure. Right. Like I am not switching a project, um, switching what I'm doing, but that's, you know, I have a lot of familiarity. I have my setup, you know, set up. My kid is much older and more independent. So, you know. <laughs> Eight o'clock at night can also be mama's time for her, her own entertainment. Um. Well, thanks for that. Those, those, yeah, those, that was that was really nice, and those are also really good tips for people. <laughs> um, okay, so then how how can we build up people starting on our project, and then how can we cheer people on when they start to? Uh, migrate off of our project or um, are like like you know like they're they're ready to kind of like you know you they just need like a gentle push to you're, you're ready to fly um yeah I'm sorry one more tip about the other one because I was just thinking we just covered a lot of remote so right, that is our my point of view right now is right I'm still very remote um we go in once a week uh but also to stay connected um is if you can plan, like if your projects are close by or whatever, like for like a quick walk for coffee, because everyone needs like a good walk and get up around from your desk or um, lunch with somebody. So, right, like um, at headquarters, we have a couple of projects that are just based out of here. So as um, like I've had other colleagues who I've worked with on projects, but they're on a different projects, um, but we're, we're all in the same location, at least pre-pandemic. Um, so if that's for, you know, our listeners or anyone that you have a similar setup because you're all going back into the office now, um, right? It's like that, like 3 p.m. Hey, you want to go like get some snacks from like, you know, the convenience store? Um, those are other ways to stay in touch with people that, right? It's just like really simple. And everyone needs to get up for a quick walk at least once during the day. Yeah, that is, that's, um, that's a really great tip. And I think we um our project like thinking about we did uh, we did like happy hours mm-hmm. um and we played like we played like online games and like that was kind of fun because it's like it forces you not to start to talk about work and then like when you're playing games with people like you can see like like their natural like you're you're like professional wall comes down yeah. so they can like you can like see a little bit of like their people's real personality come out if you know you're like they're like a little shy or whatever or like just joining or you know what have you so yeah, yeah th- those are all great tips you're on it today Marie <laughs> I'm really excited about these and you brought up the ideas um it's like yeah I can I can jam with this like we can only talk about it um yeah I will say even with the happy hours and I know like everything sort of fizzles has its time to fizzle out but we did have um so our project went through a couple of things. Some folks went and joined other companies and then some folks just found um, other work because, um, you know, their life took them outside of the DC area. They were looking for different things. Um, but we've had, right, those folks have come onto those happy hours like months later. Um, so that's always really fun just to know, like, 
we are pretty cool co-workers that someone wants to like come on for like you know 30 minutes just to like chat and check it in um, and you just get to see like how well they're doing um, and what they're succeeding at so to get back to your question that we were like celebrating other people I mean, the full circle back to that oh yeah I, I love it and I'm I'm excited for the next uh our old projects happy I'm like oh I'll crash that I loved everyone I worked with yeah I know we have to work on planning that again yeah uh so I think with like so we'll start at the top of the circle with um with like bringing people onto the project I think that I actually love onboarding people. I think that we are, I thought we like on our design team, like we, like the UX team, we did a good job because it was like, we were a little bit of a smaller team. So at any given time, it was at at least the two of us, Mm -hmm. perhaps a third person. Most of the time there's three of us. And then like a fourth person that would, that we would onboard, like depending upon how the project, you know, where we were in the project. Mm -hmm. I think that, um well one I think you know we were we were nice so I feel like always like being nice and kind is, is like a good like a good starting point for like uh building that relationship with people but I think that we were also like very practical of like expectations up front with like getting to know like like where that person was at in their career and like what they what they like to do what skill sets they had and then also like even like outside of like everyone needs to learn a new project like that's when you get a new job, you have to learn a job. Like that's like a given. Yeah. But it's like, what's what particular skill sets do you want to learn? Like, I know I've learned like so much from like the like design tools and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know any of them. I knew like I knew like of them, but I didn't know them in practice. And then it was like you would always like send me like awesome articles or like you like YouTube videos. You'd like send me like clips of YouTube videos. So I, th- I think like one thing I like really benefited from was like, you know, helping your teammate out with resources to like sort of like build them up in a, in like a confident way instead of being like, you're bad at X, Y, Z, watch this video. It was like, oh, hey, like, you know, I just watched this video. Like maybe you'll like it too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The only reason why like I hopped at this portion about onboarding is this is definitely something I am still working at getting better at. So I huffed out of my, like, this is the full transparency, not where I'm very successful at, but like once, like you're saying, like once like we're on it and going, like I am all there to support, share resources, um, share ideas, but I know my abilities, it's definitely a challenge remote. Um, so I definitely was just listening to a different podcast, um, oddly enough this week that they were talking, um, that really an expectation could be that someone shadowing you three to six months as that's the onboarding and not necessarily trying to give them tasks right away. Um, because like you said, you have, like, you might know your specific skill set, but right. You don't know the, for us thinking from the UX project perspective, they don't know the users that we're um, trying to solve for. They don't know the problems that we're trying to solve for. Right, there's so much that you're having to learn about the context of your project. Um, that's not, you know, it's not the same as knowing the specific skill set that you have to bring to the project. Um, so that's, I just want to clarify, I wasn't like huffing because I'm better about than to onboard anyone. It's more, that's my struggle. I'm working on it. Um, 
as someone who got like semi on well you interviewed so like, I guess like you onboarded <laughs> me a little bit like I thought um I but think we got it in person well the, yeah that's true that person the onboarding was in person which I think yeah. I'm much better at definitely in the remote space I'm like well it goes both way on teams like if you got a question you can ping me like and not mother goose here to like check in with you because most of the time and that not makes me sound like pretentious too most of the time is I have so many things like happening that I have all intention of like after stand up to ping somebody and then like you know something comes up and then it's like oh crap it's the end of the day I'll try and remember this tomorrow so you know yeah I always say well you prioritize that better than great I can always get go both ways on myself oh no and I think like I think maybe like I'm like a little bit the opposite and should maybe more come to the middle, like towards the middle with you or like towards your end with um putting there like the like the onus of like, yeah, if you have a question, like come and ping me. Whereas mm-hmm. I'm like, hi, like do you have questions? Like, how can I help you? And I think like maybe like I'm overwhelming because it's like, you know, like lady, I just started. Like, I don't know what I don't know. Uh so it's interesting though that um the onboarding process is three to six months. Cause I think like in like when I heard that. I was like six months, like now that I'm in like this new project, I've been on it for a month and I'm like, oh, like I need to like speed up my knowledge and like, like get going. So, mm-hmm. you know, I can contribute better like X, Y, Z, but I'm like, yeah, like six months, I think, like, I think about the people like we've onboarded, it does take that amount of time, especially if you're in like the design space or the UX mm-hmm. space, like learning who your customers are. And like, there are like so many like ins and outs of that. So yeah. that in a way that makes me feel better, even though like on myself, like what now that I'm like, I'm going through it and like getting on board, I'm like, oh, I got to like speed up, even though I, it's not that it's going to do me any better if I know, like, you know, taking the time to really get to know it versus like, you know, trying to just get to the finish line too fast. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I think that's definitely, you're like confident by then. And um, I, I know we're talking about like switching projects, but I can relate it back to like, I hate switching jobs, like actual, like from company to company. Um, because I, I don't feel, well, I know specifically for me, I've never like gotten my full on footing and started to like grow again until after being somewhere for a year. So I agree. Right. Like I'm growing and like learning and understanding more, but like, you know, the actually like flourishing and like someone being like, Oh, we need to do blah, blah, blah. Like kind of who, or there's an opportunity to do this, right. Like now on nightag i'm like okay actually can i do that um to kind of go like touch on what we talked about at the top of the episode about how you can grow um your career on your projects um there's been you know tasks and items that have come up that are you know outside of ux design but more in like that product owner or the management role and i've been like oh hey can i actually take a stab at that first um and then share with you um so i don't but you don't at least not for me, um, right? Not until like the first year of being somewhere am I like, then my flourishing like that. Like I'm just getting my, you know, getting your task done, being an accountable um, teammate, you know, showing up, asking the questions you need to ask to figure it out. But I feel like you're figuring it out and growing in that sense until like you're now flourishing in whatever way you want to grow. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think the the first year of a new job is is hard because you're there's just so many things like you're learning the company culture, you're learning like the company rules, like even like not not necessarily like 
like employment rules, but like when they have like open enrollment, like what's like, you know, who do you talk to if you need to get help with your computer? Who do you talk to if like you have a benefits question? Like it's like not even like the like the actual like functions of your job, but just like how to be an employee of that company. Mm-hmm. And then I also think um going through the cycle for one year, like you've seen it, yeah. like you've seen depending upon like obviously it's like project dependent but like you've had one year to like see it from like start to finish depending upon again like, like a cycle at least yeah the like cycle of that, it. like a phase yeah yeah so I think that um I 100 percent agree with you and I, like now that like I'm on a new project it's kind of weird because like I was saying earlier like I feel like I'm very confident with like like Metro Star like oh like you know I have friends at Metro Star I know who to talk to like I know if I have a question like if I don't know who to go to, I know who I can ask to figure mm-hmm. out how to go to. Whereas like, so I don't have to like have any of that stuff, but then on my like new project, I'm like learning like, oh, like who's my friend on the project? Like, who can I like, I, like, I don't want to ask, like sometimes you don't want to ask your boss because you want to, you know, like who's like that person that you can go to. Uh, so it's like relearning all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I 100%, I think that's like very true the, the first year. Uh, so um to then so like we talked about like onboarding people like how to make that a good experience or, like how to like bridge bridge those relationships but then um the other the second part of that is then like how do you cheer on people um who, who are leaving your project to um you, you know make it like a career move or you know what have you go to a different project mm-hmm. um I, I'll say like from personal experience like you've like been like a huge cheerleader like market team has been a huge cheerleader obviously like our manager has been like amazing mm-hmm. um and then like everyone at metro star is just like kind of i've had to like fill out different paperwork that i wasn't used to like i'm like obviously going from uh, you know um i'm going to a military contract so there's like a learning curve and people have kind of been helping me mm-hmm. like feel confident that even though i don't have a military background like it's okay and i belong uh so i think that like i just want to like give credit to the people who, like helps me like cheer me on um and I think that, um, like, it has made, like, a world of difference knowing that, like, you have that support system, but then I don't know, like, you were just, like, being you, so I don't know, like, what tips do you have for people? <laughs> yeah, well, I would say it's definitely, it's a, a mindset, right? Like, um, we're not in these jobs to compete against each other, right? So, like, your success doesn't hinder my opportunities to succeed. Um, I think, actually, in fact, the more that the folks around me succeed, the more that then I can succeed, right? Because we're all building on top of different blocks. Um, so then we can all, you know, we do more. Do we have a fire alarm? No? I think somebody came through the door that they okay. were supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Um, yeah, okay. So, <laughs> back to it. Um, so, right, it's the... Um, my success isn't dependent on anyone else's success, nor is it hindered. Um, and then I actually think the more everyone around me succeeds, there's a lot of the work. Everyone succeeding around me, I can succeed more as well. Um, so you can keep building, keep building. Because um, right, if I don't have a colleague or a teammate that is growing, you know, growing wherever they want to grow. Right. Either I'm still trying to cover for that or, you know, we're filling in and like a new position has been created where success leads to more success. It's not competitive of 
oh, no, 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 got this. Like, what about me? It's just like, awesome. Good job. Like, and then I, you know, you have your own personal goals that you're going for or interests. Yeah. I love that. And I think, especially like working with like you and like, and like the, everyone like behind market, like, I feel like it's like such a team effort that like everyone's like has like the same goal and it's it's not like it's not like oh um you know like this person exactly what you said like this person it doesn't hinder you so I think that that's been like something that's been like really like like beautiful about this job at Metro like and especially like again like going back to my fear of like going back into like government contracting I was very afraid that it would be like cut like you know cutthroat like people like like people would like topple you before you could even like, you know, like, like get a, like a knee down to, stand, to kneel or whatever. Um, but like here, it's just been like, like your success is my success. Like it, it's different, you know, like we're like, we're in this together. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be like, you know, you're taking it like, it's a pie. It's not like, like you're not taking a bigger slice or yeah. like, I don't know what that analogy is, but it's like about a pie and it's like, um, your pie, like you getting a piece of the pie doesn't make my slice small. I don't know. There's someone out yeah. messing up right now. <laughs> no, I think you're really close to it. It is something about that. Like just you taking a piece doesn't make mine smaller. So, yeah, well, that's, I don't know. Um, I think that we've been, I mean, I've been very lucky and I, and I am very appreciative that everyone's like sort of this environment just like, like pumps you up to like be your best and to help others be their best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I would say, cause I know you mentioned, um, I'm very, I'm a very big cheerleader for everyone. So once we get past onboarding, um, I am very much, um, I think it comes from having coached for so long. I right, like, I want to see people grow. I don't need to be gatekeeping information for me to only keep it. Um, because one, I don't want to be doing exactly what I was doing three years ago. Right. I want to grow as well. So, um, and if I can share whatever for someone else to continue to grow in their path or just support them um, in a mentorship, um, which is really the um, accountable step I've been holding myself to. So um, like we mentioned with Bree's episode, Bree and I meet bi-weekly. Um, and I do not want to say anything in that episode because that episode was her time to shine. But while we're talking about how you can help other people shine in their success, um, we've been meeting and my goal initially was just to give her someone to discuss the DEI with. And then also, especially for creatives, if you don't have a deadline, great stuff can just keep going and it can keep going. And there's been weeks that we've skipped that meeting because of project stuff or whatever, but just being able to set that conversation time um, so that within the two weeks while she was looking at stuff, she could come and we could talk about it. And then she, we could come and talk about how do we now outline this, um, that she has a lot more exciting things to come. So I don't wanna, I don't want to spoil because it's not my success, but I was, it's really cool to see her grow and flourish. And really I was just there to support as like a um, accountability, you know, um, it's really, that's all Brie. I'm learning from her. I'm super interested in that topic as well. So that's been rewarding twofold. And then with you, I know we had our first one. We got a little sidetracked just to like catch up more than actually talk about what you're going to start diving into. Um, but I think that's 
part of it of checking in with people and helping them have someone to be, you know, friendly accountable to, right? Like, obviously it's not stressful. Well, yeah. And I think, um, you know, you're, you're not, it's very kind that you're giving other people, you know, it's like their time to shine, but I will say like, I think that you have like hundred percent flourished in that role. Like you're an awesome mentor. You make sure that people like, it's very, it's low key in the sense of like, it, like, just like you say, it's like not scary. Mm-hmm. Um, people can come and like talk to you about anything. And like, you really like go out of your way to make sure that people have the resources they need. And like, more so like the emotional like 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 it's like stability like it's like like you're very comforting as as a cheerleader and like make it like I've like really loved watching you become a mentor and I think that's been like really cool and then like I appreciate that like we have our meetings to like you know like check in and like again like not hold each other accountable but like you know a place to have a deadline or at least like a check mark or a checkpoint or at least like I've checked five resources since the last time. So we can talk about this more, right? Like it's good. It's not like school. It's not super intense because it is all um, additional stuff to, you know, our, our contractual work. But we've talked about this before. I think you should enjoy what you do for work. Um, right? There's good days, bad days. And then you can also have like side projects that, you know, are enriching to you. Because uh, you spend a lot of time at work. It should be enjoyable. It should not just be like, you know, talking in the hours. Yeah, 100% agree. And then I'm going to wrap us up with putting each of us on the hot spot, the hot seat, with um, the same question that we've been asking each of our guests this season, which is, and I'll ask it to you if you you don't mind going first. Sure. Uh, So what is the most promising thing that you've seen with the progression of design and government? Um, I think the most promising thing as far as progression is, so before the executive orders that came out a couple of months ago, um, there was this big thing about like the CX report card. Um, and I thought it was a very interesting concept. I think it had very good intentions. They think having these executive orders kind of built on top, give that, that spot and like what USWDS is doing to uh, you know, unify and have the same patterns on websites of how things are laid out, how they function, um, gives it more footing um, so that that progression is actually going to continue um, rather than people saying, well, duh, it's so nice to have, or duh, um, like with accessibility sometimes. I've come across recently people saying, well, like our sample size is so small, we don't really need to work on that. And I was like, all right, let's be like halfway. Like, let's do some baseline. Like, I'm going to drop out some random things like the ARIA labels um, or even just color contrast. Um, and I think besides the EO and then also having the experience um, on our project, we had it and it really saved our butt when somebody within um, like our project sphere of people um, they, you know, life happens, things happen, and now they rely on accessible technologies. Um, so I think it's the promising thing is seeing those orders go in and then people actually acting on them. And then for you. Uh, I was going to say something really similar. I, was gonna <laughs> say, I feel um, 
that like there has been a shift recently that government is accessible and it's not just like these like random people are running the country it is like I think that there's been sort of with these or as I said it's like with the executive order so with the executive orders I think that like there is like a real effort to make sure that government is accessible to everyone mm-hmm. and it's accessible to farmers from like you know farmers to execs to people who are different socioeconomical levels uh especially with some of the new um like internet becoming more accessible and I think like so it's like it's like bridging these gaps and like obviously like we talk about like tech and design a lot and like we're in this field and we've had a lot of privilege to be in the field because we've had you know opportunities to education and opportunities to jobs and and stuff like that but I think that there there is like a shift of like real effort to make government accessible to real people regardless of you know if you're a third generation xyz or if you're like you know, someone who immigrated here, like you, you, like the opportunities are there and, and the information is accessible to, mm-hmm. to be there. So I think that that's been something that's been like really rewarding to see. And it's also like made, like my time as a government contract, like I don't feel like I'm just clocking my hours. Like you're like, you know, just like the example you're saying, mm-hmm. like, I don't feel like I'm just clocking my hours or like, I'm just like slugging through. I'm like, oh, like I'm making an impact that's going to help people. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's been, um, like really nice to see. And I hope that I, I really just hope it continues. Cause I think that it, it like, that's what we should be doing. You know, obviously like that's a personal value of mine, like equity. So, <laughs> and like, I know that that's like so important to you too, with like DEI and stuff. So I think seeing in practice from people who actually have the power to make it and implement it has been like, it just, I think it's really promising and it made, like, it was rewarding to be part of that endeavor. Awesome. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> All right. Any last thoughts before we wrap up this episode? No, not this time. I don't need to go back to another topic. <laughs> that we, no, cool. <laughs> like, we will be back with another one-on-one. <laughs> <So> <laughs> <laughs> my next topic. Uh, so this is Mockin. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends and join us next time. If you're interested in learning more about how government and tech collide, visit metrostar.com and follow along on socials. Marie is a former visual designer turned agile-loving, human-centered design advocate. They have helped government organizations for almost a decade build successful digital products by aligning cross-functional teams around a deep understanding of the user at the heart of their mission. Marie is passionate about advancing girls and women in technology and has curated several educational, hands-on experiences for all ages. Liz is a user experience strategist turned project manager committed to human-centered driven approaches and results. She has worked on 20 plus higher education, government, and client-facing websites and software platforms, creating long-lasting user-focused digital solutions. Liz is devoted to equity and strives to celebrate diversity and inclusion.